Welcome to the Multi-Passionaire Podcast. My name is Olivia Martin, and this is episode two of the Multi-Passionaire. In today's episode, Carly and I speak upon the predicament of perfectionism and how we can find creativity in light of it. Carly graduated from Liberty University with a degree in strategic communications and a minor in graphic design in 2018. And she currently works as a digital designer for a digital marketing company. Carly is such a sweet and insightful person and I met her while I did my senior exit project. And the company she works at is where I did it. We are going to be talking about overcoming perfectionism and utilizing it as a catalyst to propel your inner creativity. After all, it's time we embrace our imperfections that make us, our career, and our lives unique. Hi, Carly. Hi. So I want to start off the interview with a question I ask each guest, the million-dollar question. What's an idea or a passion that you've had and always wanted to embark on and create, but you didn't end up doing so? I was kind of thinking, and this isn't like an idea that I've always had necessarily because um, little Carly wanted to be a professional soccer player when she grew up. And so that's obviously not the case now. Um, But something I have been thinking about a lot the last couple of years, I've gotten like a side hobby kind of thing. I've gotten really big into running and... um, and just the joys of running and not really like I technically do long distance running, but not necessarily. I want to do like long distance running with people. I just love the act of running and being able to think at the same time and talk. And I have a running buddy. She's my best friend, but we are such good friends because we just talk the whole time we run. And so I was like, what if I just started my own running club? And so I've had in my head to start this running club around Charlotte and we'd like listen to the same podcast and talk about it afterwards or all listen to the same music and just be united in this running club um and so that's I've had that on my mind and I actually was like this close to starting it I had the group me and everything with some people in it and then coronavirus happened and they're like you can't see anybody and I was like my running club (laughs) But how's it actually start? We were so close, but maybe I'll start it again. <laughs> no, I love that idea. You could even like make a Facebook like group mm-hmm. and like yeah. get people to join it. But like, I think it's really fun how you like talk about running because yesterday I had the idea. I was like, for two weeks, I'm going to start waking up at 6 a.m. and try to start running before it's hot. Oh, but that yeah. didn't happen today. But I'm going to try to do it Monday and we'll see. <laughs> It gets so hot and nasty and it's so humid here in the South too. And it's just the summer, summer runs are not my favorite. (laughs) My friend and I, after a long run, which like we know we can do, we'll like be like, oh my gosh, that was such a hard run. Like I blame it on the weather (laughs) because it really is when it's hot and you're sweaty and you just get discouraged, but it's okay. You just got to keep going so you can go to the cooler weather and it feels better (laughs) yeah I I think running is a lot better in like the fall time Mm -hmm. because like it's not humid like at least in Charlotte the averages are like 80 to 90 so like if you're running at like four yeah yeah, if you're running at like 4 p.m it's just awful (laughs) because like it's so hot and you're already running for so long so it's just like 
it just doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> so perfectionism, you face the struggle of it within graphic design and everyone faces it in our day to day from perfecting our appearance to striving to be the best in our field. How do you reroute those thoughts of perfection into realistic strides in your work and everyday life? In work, I feel like it's a little bit different because I am on time constraints, I guess, and like things have to get done by a certain time and get sent to the client by a certain time. So, and in the reality of this like business of design and just art in general, it's never really done because you're like, oh, what if I try this? What if I try this? What if I try that? And then like 10 years later, you tried everything, maybe. And so the reality of it is you have to remember that like it's never actually going to be done. Um, so I, <laughs> a very practical thing that I do is I put time constraints on myself and, um, and I don't ever, and like I'll like take a little break. And then, then also like I don't ever go necessarily with the first thing that I have done um just because this this kind of goes like separate not from work stuff but like other side stuff that I do but the first draft is never that great it's just okay and then I you know put it down and take it up later and then I'm like oh my gosh and I have all these new ideas and so if I don't go with the first draft and I keep working and keep pushing myself towards something then I know it's a lot a lot better and then that also helps me mentally with being like okay I've like given this my all like it's not it's never it's never going to be done necessarily but I've given it my all for now so yeah yeah exactly and I think time management is such an important key for like everyone and whatever career they're in because like just being able to manage things and given due dates and stuff like that I think it's really helpful and also talking about the first draft, knowing that there's always going to be a plan B, plan C, and you kind of just have to like a lot for that. And it's something you kind of improve your work along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So in your experience of creating designs and graphics, how has your perspective of perfectionism altered over the years of doing it? Over the years is the key phrase in that, <laughs> because I can definitely think of, um, times in the past when I've just thought and now I like feel like I'm a more realistic person I guess um and so over the time over the years I just realized that the perfectionist point of view isn't really a thing now I feel like what I think is that it's more of a realist point of view and since there is and this goes because like there is no perfect almost um because everybody's version of perfect is is different and there's always going to be something different to compare it to and so in that sense if you're constantly comparing it then it's just a never-ending cycle and just a trap and so whenever I say like perfectionism like it's almost like not even an attainable thing and so then I've transitioned my thoughts and just being more of like a realistic kind of person as in I gave this everything and um and so that's why I feel like it's kind of not perfectionism isn't really a thing for me anymore but just growing up I've just become more of a realist in things <laughs> it's almost like perfectionism is like burnt out in a sense because everyone's trying to do it like why do you think so many people are trying to like strive for perfectionism in their work and career and everything like that I think it's because people are constantly comparing 
to other people and like the media and everything. Like if there wasn't anything to compare it to, then perfectionism almost wouldn't be a thing. It would just be like hard work or not hard work, you know? And so I feel like that's why it's because people are also like just constantly worried about what other people are doing and, and they just get, they just get stuck in that, you know? So if you don't, it's, it depends on what you compare your perfectionist, what you, what that measurable thing is, I guess, in order to do it. And so I feel like people are just measuring it to themselves, which is right. <laughs> exactly. Cause you're trying to live up to something or compare to something that's like not attainable. Like you said, I think people need to realize there are two distinct differences between idolizing something and like working towards achieving mm-hmm. something yeah. or then like blatantly like comparing something and like trying to copy it to get the same satisfaction and like success in the sense. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do that. It reminds me of the quote, like comparison is the thief of joy. Yep. I know whenever I was like thinking about this a little bit, perfectionism the word literally went hand in hand with comparison. And so it's just, and I don't think I ever realized that growing up until now you can take a moment, take a step back and, and similar like what you're doing here and just realize what perfectionism actually is. Yeah. Being that designing goes with social media, what do you do when you feel like your work doesn't measure up to the standards? This question makes me laugh (laughs) because I just went through this time when I graduated and when I first got my job and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be, this is going to be great. I'm going to be such a good designer. And so I was like, I'm going to follow all these other design accounts on Instagram and these artistic people and hand lettering people and all of this stuff to motivate me. (laughs) (laughs) And Oh my gosh, it was the worst because every time I just get on Instagram and see all their stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, that's really pretty. I don't think I'll ever get there. (laughs) (laughs) It was more discouraging and it was the exact opposite. (laughs) And so I was like, this did not work. And like also, okay, so whenever I get on that, I unfollowed a lot of them just for my healthy mental state. (laughs) Some of them I still follow, but um, I just end up having to like take a step back and realize that the gifts that I've been given are one thing and the gifts that you've been given are another thing. And so even though it's all in the realm of art and creativity and this stuff, I'm just not good at hand lettering. (laughs) And so if I follow you and, and I'm measuring my hand lettering to your hand lettering and you're amazing at it and that's a gift you've been given, I need to celebrate that with you, but then also realize that I have not been given that gift. So if I just <laughs> do what I've been given really, really well, then everything's a lot easier and my mental state is a lot better. You're a lot happier of a person. Um, and you can, and what you're not trying to like do all these different things. So When it comes to social media, yeah, you really just need to take it for what it's worth and celebrate with other people and what they can do, but remember your own worth. Yep. I I totally agree with that. And it kind of goes along to like measuring up like to the status quo, like, oh, this Instagram girl, she has this many X followers. I'm going to start posting how she's doing so I can gain these followers. And it's kind of, like you said, it's a trap. Because mm-hmm. there's no defined way or like proven success to how that's going to get you to where you're wanting to be or like yeah. 
the idea you have in mind, it's kind of like you have to just embrace the journey that you're taking along the way. If it's bumpy or it's a straight like direct line there and just realizing that like the double standard is kind of meant to put you there because everyone's journey is different. Yeah. So I want to segue into like how to overcome perfectionism and find creativity in it. So everyone strives to achieve the best and be the best, but rather such thoughts oftentimes lead us astray from our end goal and lead us to demonstrating more than what's expected beyond mastery. What do you think is the best way to combat this and instead inspire change to really embrace our imperfections? It's hard because I don't think there's any real good way. It's kind of one of those things that you just try and try and try and you may never fine if you did a good job um, because there's just always more to do. Um, so, but I think with perfectionism, I heard this, I really love the podcast, The Next Right Thing by Emily P. Freeman. I've heard of that. I love no, that really. Too. It's so good. They're like little short episodes and just filled with truth and wisdom. And sometimes they're Emily's thoughts and sometimes she's like quoting another person. And so it's just, it's so fun. I love this podcast. Um, but one recently that she said, and she was talking about um, the 2020 graduates, she was saying that you don't, I think she's actually quoting somebody else, but I don't remember who it was. Um, but she was saying that you don't have to try to be the best or great. You just have to be solid. And I think that really resonated with me and this idea of perfectionism, because being great is such a lofty goal and almost impossible, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and so, and it seems exhausting to even try to like think about that, but if you're just being a solid person and sticking to your morals and what you know is true, and it's almost like a better word, a better way of saying, you know, being yourself because also being yourself is kind of hard to even think about doing. And so if you're just being solid, then I feel like you've just given it your all and you've done what you know and you've tried your hardest and so and I think that's a good way because then you can put put everything down at the end of it and been like okay I may not pass but I I did my best (laughs) you know and that is better than any letter grade I guess is just knowing that you put everything into it right and even like looking at that like visually if you think about it like in science terms you have a solid object and then you have something that is like not solid and there's so much movement because it's not grounded. Yeah. So like when you don't have a solid ground or like a solid rock or anchor, it's kind of hard to like come back and look and realize and do a self-reflection and like, okay, things are not perfect, but I'm going to learn to embrace those imperfections and utilize them to propel the person I'm becoming and the career that I want to portray to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Use that word like, oh, that's so solid all the time. <laughs> a different way. And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally solid. <laughs> Whenever you were studying graphic design in college and you were in the space of creating, what was like some professor's like advice that really stuck out to you and teaching that really just grounded your work? It I don't remember, honestly, them like specifically talking about perfectionism, but what we did do is like, again, this is, so I tell earlier when I was mentioning how I don't go with the first draft and I 
keep pushing myself to come up with different things. Um, that I learned from a graphic design professor and I, oh my goodness, my first year I had her in this class, I just was like, she doesn't like me. <laughs> and because she's making me do all this extra work and try harder. And then I, as I like went on and had more classes with her, I chose to have her as a professor for all of my classes because she would, I would bring my concepts to her and she'd be like, push it a little bit further. Like, I know you can do more. I think you can do better and all this stuff. And it was, and I would get so angry because I'm like, there's no more in me. <laughs> but she did. She just knew and she just pushed me so much more. And so that um, quality, I guess, that she did is one way to overcome the concept of like, oh, just one and done, but also not get stuck with being like, oh, it has to be perfect because I did try everything. And then also we would have like critiques, review days, which were the scariest thing for me because you just put, tack your artwork onto the wall and you're like, have at it, people. Tell me everything I did wrong. <laughs> and it was really, really scary at first. Um, and then it got better as I went on. But just the idea of putting yourself out there, I guess, was scary. And also like knowing that this is just a first draft necessarily, like it's not going to be perfect. Um, and taking a step back and reminding myself of that. And also too, I would just, when I did it to other people, make sure I said like positive things in with the constructive feedback one. <laughs> you know, not it's not negative. It was just constructive feedback um, for the other things. So yeah, that's what we would do like in my classes and what my professors taught me. Right. And your professor kind of really just had you like unleash your potential, what it sounds like, mm -hmm. because ultimately she was trying to make you a better graphic designer, but also prepping you for the field. Because there are times when clients are, they don't know what they want, but they want you to create that. Yes. Yes, definitely. And trying to like translate what they're saying or what they're wanting and they don't know that they want it. But I'm like, no, I can see that's what you want. <laughs> exactly. I think a lot of creatives, they kind of define like the actual meaning of perfectionism because at least a lot of famous artists that you know, they kind of stray away from the abstract ideas of creating art. Like for me, I'm just thinking about like whenever I went to the Met in New York, all of the pieces were like, I don't know how to describe it because I'm not good at describing art. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Abstract. But, Exactly. And it was not like, okay, I'm going to paint this stroke. So it's perfect, but more so I'm going to create this design and this piece of work that captures your attention. And it makes me stand out basically. And yes. I think that's like the best way to combat perfectionism is making your work unique. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that, yes, that's kind of like what I was going back to earlier is so those people who have abstract art don't have anything to compare it to because it doesn't look like anything else. Whereas if I'm drawing a book and you're drawing a book, we're comparing our books, you know? Perfectionism <laughs> only exists if you're measuring it to the wrong thing because then if you're measuring it to other people, yes, you're never going to be perfect. But it, perfectionism never exists if you're not comparing it to anything and you're measuring it up to something bigger. So Yeah. And at my, for myself, I just... I, I make sure to measure it to something where I know I'm like, I know God created me and I know that's my worth. And so if I'm measuring it to that standard and what he thinks of me, then I'm always going to be just fine, you know? Right. 
And I think it's important to know like what you're measuring it to. Say if you're creating a business and you're measuring it up to like one of the top 500 businesses. Nike. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Success doesn't start in a day. So it's just kind of unhealthy to be Mm -hmm. able to like look at that and say, okay, why am I not already there? Like you can't just go to like zero to a hundred and whatever facet of life. And a lot of us do that. Like I'm guilty. I do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Having worked for two years in a graphic design related field, what do you think has been the hardest part to overcome in the creative realm? So I think the hardest part, like, to be honest, is just coming up with things because there's nothing new under the sun. And I don't ever, I don't ever want to copy somebody, you know? And so I really think that is the hardest thing. It's, and especially in our field where our clients are specific kind of clients. Um, and those are like our bread and butter kind of clients. Like we don't want a bunch of different things. We want to be really good at this type of thing. And so that's just really hard to make it all different for each client when they're all selling the same thing. You know, that was, that's what I feel like is the hardest for me in the creative sense. Um, but again, that's when I just, sometimes I can't do things back to back. I need to space it out and take a break between and just come back to it later. Yeah. And this kind of reminds me of a podcast when I was listening to or something I was reading and it kind of talks about music. So how a lot of songs throughout like the different decades are actually the same, but people just do spins on them. Yep, exactly. So it's kind of like nothing is exactly like a brand new born idea, Mm -hmm. but more so it's like taking interpretation and like implementing it into your own thing. Yes. And that's why I was just gonna say, that's why songs, some songs at the beginning, you're like, oh, is this this song? And they're like, no, it's this song. Like, oh, well sounds like this song yeah Yeah. (laughs) it takes inspiration from different things yes and you work at a digital marketing company so like how does your graphic design kind of vary like what do your clients usually like what do you work with on a day-to-day our clients are need-based clients so and we also have want-based clients but need-based clients are um or industries are basically like if something breaks in your house and you can't get by without having it fixed and so such as your heating if it's cold and your heating goes out you need that fixed the next day whereas want-based clients are things that you don't necessarily need you just want them such as remodeling like your kitchen is fine the way it is but like if you remodeled that would be great because that's what you want um so we work primarily with need-based clients and then also want-based clients is just a little bit of a different advertising tactic um and marketing tactic that is for them. So, um, but we do heating and air companies and a lot of lawn care companies, anything maintenance um, related. So that's a lot of it. And so again, you can see how it's hard for me to come up with new HVAC units and make them look good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is, but when you do, man, you feel really successful. (laughs) You're like, look what I did. And that looks great. Also, side note, I hear the birds and it's so like, so nice and therapeutic. Yeah, it's a hot summer day here in Charlotte. (laughs) Um, So more times than not, I find that when I'm stressed, it's really hard to be creative because it's almost as if like your creative juice is gone and like you're in a rut. So when you're faced with like the stigma of making things like to a T, 
how do you use that energy and like channel it into a creative situation? How do you turn the energy into something creative? Yeah. I think what you were saying about how like when you're not, it's some, when you're not in the headspace, I guess, to be creative, that is so hard because it's like your mental state, I feel like impacts everything. Even if you don't think that it is, you know, you're like, no, I'm fine. But really you're not fine. <laughs> right. Um, and so I, to me, what I've noticed works for me is that having an outlet, I guess, a non-creative outlet is good for the creativity that I need to be in majority of the week when I'm working. And so such as that's running for me, you know, like you can't be creative while running. And so having that outlet, and again, it's good to think during that time. Um, it's just mentally healthy for me to be in that space. And so I know that if I'm healthy other in other areas of my life, being creative is a lot easier. Um, and so that's what I do to try to like stay in that creative mindset. And then whenever the client specifically wants something, that's hard. <laughs> right. Because I've had, I've had clients like literally give me an, like an Excel spreadsheet with everything in one cell in the spreadsheet and like clip art drawings place places <laughs> and like all this stuff and I'm like I can't even make out what you want here <laughs> like, this <laughs> and, is an adventure <laughs> yeah and so and you can kind of like gauge with the client like okay will they be open to me trying this and and or is, do I just need to give them what they want and make it look as good as possible. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, oh no, I think they'll like this. And they come back and they're like, that's not what I asked for. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so then you just do what they give you and make it. And then, but then I also like, there's certain like principles when it comes to design and like, you know, things look better, such as like center alignment versus left alignment and things like that. And so whenever it comes to those kind of things, I try to still apply those principles with whatever they gave me, whatever they want. <laughs> Yeah. And also we talked about like earlier, so it's hard to please everyone, especially being like working in graphic design because so many people want things their way. And then like you said, you create it and you think, oh, they'll like this idea. And then they actually don't because it's not what they envisioned initially. Yes, definitely. So from the perspective of graphic design, how is creativity and art achieved? For instance, if you live in New York City, you gain a lot of inspiration from around the city. So how do you think those artists translate what's in their lives into their work? Mm -hmm. So for me, okay, so this is a side, this is like not really like work related. Like this is not my job. I do not make money from this at all. But I also work with a nonprofit on the side. Um, that my family started called Generation Students. And so a lot of the design that I get to do that's more creative um, is for Generation Students. And so that's a lot of fun. With that, when it comes to creating things for that, so we'll do like a lot of different events. And so each event needs a different graphic or design. What I have found that works for me is one, I'm sincerely, truly, really passionate about Generation Students. I love the mission and everything about it. And I'll probably die doing Generation Students. And it's, uh, I just, I could do it forever. So I think about the event and I like picture it and what I want. It's for youth kids, so middle and high school students. And so, and I picture what I want the kids to be doing or looking at or feeling or um, what the whole weekend or event is supposed to accomplish and I just like picture that and I'm like okay we're gonna get there 
now let's backtrack and let's do everything backwards. But so like, I just think about the big picture and what I really, really want to happen. And then somehow try to, you know, make a graphic out of that. Uh, but then realistically, when it comes to actually graphic design, I think of words and what words mean. So our theme for camp this past year was shift. And so I think about shift and what does that word mean? And to me, it thinks, I think about like movement and turning from one direction to the other. And so it was this like, etched 3d kind of graphic like kind of like an old tv when they would just you know be all fuzzy i love that so what's the mission of generation students yeah so the mission of generation students is we work with specifically churches and we help them build up their youth group and so we do everything locally so we're in in Union County, so everything in Union County, which is like right outside Charlotte. Students will fall away from their faith whenever they leave high school and like in those college years. And so if we can accomplish and like set the relationship with God deep while they're in middle and high school, then they're less likely to fall away from it later. And so we work with the churches, youth pastors and youth groups that they can continue so they have the resources to know what to do because they're the ones that are with them the whole year, not us. Um, so that's what we do. We'll host camps um, and in the camps, the students will come, but they come as a church with their youth group and with their youth pastor. I love and, that. I know. I love that's Generation That's so cool. Theater. Yeah. We have a really good group of people who started it and we are just so passionate about it. We're really developing good relationships with the churches in our county that we're working in. And um, it's really, it's really becoming a really cool thing. That's awesome. It's really great knowing that you're giving back to your community and you're helping create like a collective community at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Really like that. Like I have a job that makes me money that I love. I love Blue Corona and I love where I work. Um, but then also the ability for that job to like, oh, do all this other stuff on the side that I really like. But you need both. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Like finding a good balance between like a side hobby and then mm -hmm. work kind of like the same, like at least for the summer, I have my internship and then start the podcast. And then yes. like in the fall, I go to school. So it's kind of like trying to keep yourself going back to the shift word, keeping <laughs> yourself in movement and just kind of like putting your mind to work and whatever you're wanting to do with your life. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. And like, oh, what am I good at? And now how can I use that? And so for me, it's like, well, I use it for the Lord in this nonprofit, but then also like, I just, he's given me those abilities. And so that's it in my job as well. And like where I can actually make money. And so, yeah, yeah. like the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the last question I have is, I think it's interesting how creativity varies from person to person. I find that whenever I'm in like a good headspace and environment, it really shows in my work. So where's one spot or place that you like to go and you're most creative in? So it's kind of, okay, so I'd say it's different from work versus other stuff because in work, I pre-coronavirus, I had to be in the office at my desk, you know? Um, but we, you were, this isn't when you were there, but we rent this office that's across the hall and it's just, it's gorgeous. It has like floor to ceiling windows and like, hardwood floors and the walls are white and the desks are white and so everything's just really clean and sleek looking and my desk is right beside the window and so I just oh and my desk is so pretty I've got all these quotes on it and everything <laughs> that's so cute and so that being in that space 
is just so fun and it's it's great and it's also like I'm with the other designers and other people on our web and media team and so the morale is like pretty high and just fun you know and so being in that space is good but then also okay but then non-work time I guess I think being at coffee shops helps Ooh. me uh, yes I love I love going to different coffee shops my roommate and I call it we call it coffee shop hopping <laughs> like bar hopping That's so wait I love that yeah. <laughs> um so we like I like doing that and I just and I get the vibe from, from like kind of like looking around and people watching and being able oh, yeah. to like see other things and not being confined to just one wall looking at a wall or anything right yeah and I think also the music I listen to or whatever I listen to really gets me in the mood as well. Um, so if it's like a podcast and I'm like so encouraged by it by the end, I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, I am like high on life. Like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> That's always really good. And then also you just have those like songs that put you in a good mood, a very inspiring kind of mood. Yeah, I love that. And I love coffee shops. That's one thing that totally stinks right now because all I, I want to do is like go work in a coffee shop. Right? I miss that so much. And like just the isolation, it's like, ah, I have to be in my office all day. Like what's next? Let me go walk the dog to get outside. Yeah. Yeah. For the 10th time today. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, there's so much like normalcy and unnormal, if that makes sense. Like there's mm -hmm. the routine we created right now. Like you kind of just have to go with it, even though it's completely different than what our lives were like months ago. Yes. Which is crazy. <laughs> At least for me, like what I do to cope with it is like I'll plan out my day. So like Google Calendar is my favorite thing ever. And mm -hmm. I'll just like do increments. Like what am I trying to yes. accomplish? Yes, definitely. That Yeah, that's what I was saying. That time prioritization is important. Like working throughout the day, I plan like, okay, I'm going to do all of this before lunch. And then I'm going to do all of this after lunch. Um, and so you really do. You need those like set times yeah also I feel like what I've noticed working from home is that whenever I'm in the office I don't ever realize how long I'm there for I'm just like mm, yeah we're going to work for the day like this mm -hmm. is fun. but now since I'm at home I'm like oh my gosh I spend so many hours working like how did I do this before but I never realized it was a long time because I was leaving one place and going to the other place for work you know and then coming back since I'm not actually like leaving to go anywhere just seems really long oh yeah <laughs> it's crazy I just realized actually how many how much time we spent working <laughs> it makes you feel like totally bored like for me I'm just like oh my gosh I just want to get out and drive and do something fun with my life like I'm 19 it's time yeah. to live <laughs> yeah <laughs> do something else other than working exactly but I mean I just miss people too <laughs> oh my gosh me too yeah. but like the thing that you kind of have to learn in this situation is like kind of to work through the lack of normal and like normalcy mm -hmm. and kind of just finding your own like grace in it. Yeah. Things happen and working through the hardships and stuff like that, but it's definitely yeah. hard. Yes. That's so cool that you like mentioned like working through it. This I've been thinking this thought in this whole work from home life and it's joy. And so I've never really been like whenever I would go into the office, I've never really been the person to be like, oh, I hate Mondays. You know, Mondays suck, which, like, I get it. Like, we all have those times, and sometimes, yeah. But it's not, like, a regular thing, and I'm like, oh, only happy when it's Friday or the weekend. Like, no, like, I come in on Monday, and I'm like, 
yeah, I love the people I work with. I, <laughs> this, working is fun. This is a part of life. And it's like, Wednesday, we're halfway through the week. Like, this is so much fun. I don't know. Like, I just never really worried about that whenever I went into the office. But then when I started working from home, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Monday. I really don't think I can do a whole week of working from home. And I was like, so discouraged all the time. And I was like, it's only Wednesday. But then when Friday rolled around, I was the happiest person ever. I was like, yeah, the weekend. (laughs) And I was just like, who am I? Like, I've never been this I've never had these feelings before necessarily and I think it's just the idea of joy and how like if your joy is only on the weekend and that's all you're living for then that's just a really sad life because I was sad and unhappy and angry more than half of the week you know and so and then I so not finding your joy in just the weekend or whatever day it is and instead finding joy in something that's like bigger such as oh I really do enjoy the work that I'm doing all day or for me, it's just finding joy in the Lord. And so waking up and like him giving me another day or um, being able to at least chat with people online and just encourage each other. And like, oh, no matter what, like I can still read his word every day and pray to him and talk to him every day. And like, he's not different. And so if my joy is in that, then the days of the week, they don't necessarily matter that much. And like, it's important to like find joy in like the little things that you have right now, like, of course I would find joy going to the beach, but that's Mm -hmm. not the correct thing. Right. Like, at least for me, I wake up and make iced coffee and I'm like, yes, this is such a little joy. I feel so great. Let's get on with the day. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that wraps up the end of our episode. Carly, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be on the podcast. Yeah, not a problem, Olivia. And I'll come back anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Multi-Passionaire Podcast. This episode can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please give a review on Apple Podcasts and follow at Multi-Passionaire on Instagram. I will have everything that I mentioned in the show notes as well. See you next Monday.